Amir Abdoun, or Amir Abdoun, <laughs> as I like to pronounce it. Um, yeah, three months ago, we started recording these um, podcasts, I think it was, three months. But um, instead, and, and it's funny because Adam, as he was setting us up here, he said, oh, you know, I read the instruction manuals and take care of it. When I did my first one, I actually read all the instruction manuals and I took care of the setup and it was with Andrew. Um, but now we're three months in. It's like I've forgotten what I learned three months ago. It's like there's, ju- there's only enough space in my brain. I really mean this to, to deal with what's right in front of me sometimes. And um, it's like I've forgotten that. And, but, but then what I also observe is I, I, I'm a person that starts it. And then I am surrounded by these deeply competent people. I mean, really competent people who kind of pick up where I've started and then they just do a better job. And that's what you just saw with the setup there. Adam, he, he's, he's unbelievable. Like, I'll start and then he'll go and do some research and then just show me how to do it better. And that's why you see the setup now, because he's like use garage band, you know, have the microphone here, just a real attention to detail. It's, uh, you know, he's really good at it, so I don't know. But I, I think that's what's on my mind with you, actually. And um, while well, this comes to um, a nice glass of water, um, my, my team um, on site, so I should do an intro. Amir, you're on site for us at um, Palion. Um, you feel like you're one of the family, even though we met through a work connection. I feel like I've known you for ages. And it comes on to some of these themes that we were talking to just before we jumped on. And that is your um, predisposition for competence or delivery to show competence as opposed to saying you're competent, you you do, which is uh, high action orientation. And it's rare that my technical teams go, now that guy is, or girl, is amazing. (laughs) We should do whatever it takes to keep them as one of us. And you've done that with our guys. They're really, they're really impressed, right? Uh, I mean, not not that they're the benchmark of being impressed, but you you have, um, and and that's what we were talking about before it, you came it's, in. It's mutual. So yeah. it it's been a pleasure working with the team, and also one of the things I've noticed, and I don't know if it's uh, it's something that is deliberate in in getting the team together. The whole team is in a way very calm mm-hmm. it's a common theme between, with everyone i've worked with so far everyone is very calm um, the focus is on the delivery more than anything else mm-hmm. uh, easy going mm, dealing with problems as yeah, we have a problem mm-hmm. what, what is the situation mm-hmm. how do we fix it i don't want to say low maintenance but it is it's easy to, to deal with mm-hmm. And it's something that is, I think it's very important that that you need to worry about the problems that you get, not how to deal with the people you're working with to mm-hmm. get things done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's reassuring when you know that you have a team that has your back and mm-hmm. you can rely on them and it's not going to be a struggle just to get people aligned on what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So they're calm, they're focused on delivery, they're low maintenance, they've got your back. And also understanding the business value of what we're doing. So even though we're technology, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, our role is to deliver business results. Our mm-hmm. role is to, to serve the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many, well, you're, I mean, you're in as a, as a consultant, but the consulting 
part of the business is obviously using our special projects division. So, how many are you of those are you working with? There's like four or five, or and then three. Who have you got? You've got Adrian, Dan, Mark, Shrugardis is in there. Is he? So we have Adrian, Dan, Mark, um, Martin. Mm. Yeah, all right, so you got four of them. I mean, they are four of the four or five of the best people, right? So, yeah, they really know their stuff. And so, you know, there's definitely um, something in that. It's one of the things, again, another thing I noticed, you, you're quite egoless. I mean, we all have ego, right? That's why I've been on your My Muscle Chef diet, which I'll come to in a minute. So we, we all have an ego. Um, but how do you, when you have, like, uh, people at the top of the game, what's your observation on how you keep that in check? How do you um, divide roles and responsibilities when you're all, there's all crossover, right, for bits and pieces? How, is that, how, how does that work? What's your observation? Luckily, in this engagement with this team, I didn't have to struggle with this huh. at all. It's, mm. uh, maybe it's still honeymoon phase, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. But I didn't see that with any of, of the team members, Mm. Or even the management on the client side, I didn't yeah. see anyone with the mindset that ah, oh, there is. I need to manage someone's ego or expectation mm. or how we engage. People are eager to to help mm-hmm. in whichever capacity they can. Mm-hmm. You can be in one project as acting as the program manager, but mm. in a different project, at the same time you're working as one of the team delivering a piece in the work and you need to keep your focus like all right in this engagement this is my role get it done move on mm-hmm. do you think that's the i mean so the tech leadership under simon smith but then you've got the business side leadership as well and i don't i don't know the business do you think that's you know that they they back to your thing about calm focus and delivery low maintenance do you think the business and i seeing that so it instills a sense of confidence as well as them being a deeply pragmatic business, because they are, right? They're a, they're a practical business. <laughs> you know, they're in, um, I mean, I know there's an e-commerce aspect of it, but there's also the um, the refinery part, right? So do you, do you think that's why it's, it's that unique combination of customer approach and style plus competence of team that's creating that ecosystem? I think so, yes. And again, luckily on on the other side of, of the table from the business point of view, the the business owners are as calm mm-hmm. and pragmatic and open to listen. And because of what we've done over the last three months, mm. they're more receptive now to and more trusting to listen to what we're saying because they've seen in a very short period of time delivery that happened mm-hmm. and they've seen a different kind of response in, mm-hmm. in their business needs and, and issues that they've been facing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, one of the things on here is I want to learn, right? I, I, I like doing this because I learn. And I acknowledge I put people on the spot sometimes. But I, I, I find it fascinating, which is back to something you saw me say recently, that I feel like I've learned more in two years than I've done in 20. But I wonder if it's because I'm putting myself in the space of different personalities and, and absorbing from them what they do. And so I'm going to repeat what I've heard. Um, and there's a theme that we record, we were talking about before we jumped on there. I'm hearing that to show, um, you know, not to ask to be recognised, but to show competence through delivery and action um, is your demeanour. Um, and then, so through, you know, uh, through competence and delivery, but then the second part is to, to show results quickly. 
Um, um, you know, it's interesting because when I, when I so show competence to deliver results quickly, when I start talking about problems with people, they always want to overcomplicate it. Always, you know, not just the issue at hand, but then, you know, I really want, they'll start with, I want A solved, but then I want A and B and C and D and E, and then half the battle is bringing them back to, why don't we just start with A, you know, let's start with the first thing first. Um, how do you, how, how do you, when, when the business wants everything done at once, how do you bring them back to accepting that it's okay to just start with A? If, it, if it's all, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a very important th- point. And I've seen this throughout my, my career. Uh, when it comes to the, the mindset and the communication between the business, ne- business team, business needs, and technology, mm-hmm. usually you would have a bit of a disconnect mm-hmm. between the business or see the business team who would see the market in a certain way and they see the business objectives. Mm-hmm. And they're relying now on the technology to, to help deliver this. Mm-hmm. It happens a lot that the business team would want everything, and they want it now, and they want it cheap. Mm-hmm. And uh, in, in a lot of cases, the technology team would be looking at, now, we want to build the best solution possible, the most robust architecture, scale, scalable, and they would put more focus on delivering the technical solution mm-hmm. than the business the business values mm-hmm. and I think I was lucky to be sitting at an early stage in my career in, in the middle mm-hmm. so I always saw the gap in a way with, with this communication and objectives and I tried my best to try to bridge that gap mm-hmm. try to understand as much as I can what is the business need what is the objective what are the top wins that we can give help the business get Mm-hmm. and work backwards from this. If if I see that there is a solution that is not 100% the best possible option from a technology point of view, but it, it would deliver high value for, for the business in a quicker time, yeah. then I would be an advocate for this. And after a while, it happened that whenever I'm dealing with the business team, they they see now the value of technology, not just taking whatever they're asking for and running with it, but coming back as a partner and as a consultant saying, why are you doing this this mm-hmm. way? What is your objective? How about we do it in a different way? And we work together as a team to deliver what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Once you get this relationship going and once you actually deliver and they see that you manage to deliver the business value that you're look, they're looking for, and you have the focus not just on technology, this is my area. No, we're partners and we're mm-hmm. trying to reach the same thing. Mm-hmm. Then it's a different relationship. So that um, creating mutual understanding and a partner focus is um, is also part of it. So you've got the the um, competency you have deliver wins, but but then culturally creating an a, an attitude or uh, or a view of the partnership. Um, yeah, right. Sorry, let me turn my notifications off there. I'm obviously very popular, people trying to get through to me. Um, okay, so you mentioned a little bit about being lucky enough to be between the business and technology, and that gives you the insight. You know, you have a, a background before you came and joined us in um, um, CTO roles, um, you have project delivery in your background, um, software engineering. 
Um, I know I thought, I, for some reason, I had you rigging towers and telecommunications <laughs> back in Egypt, but obviously I got that wrong. So, um, like, what's the, what's the arc of career for you? Like, just, to, to, I, I think I've said it, right, but software, project, CTO-ship, because you were a CTO in your last gig. Um, like, what do you enjoy most, do you think? Um, like, what's the stuff you re- that really motivates you to keep, keep going with this work? Um, yeah. One thing that usually get me going is when I see that there is an area for transformation, whether that, hmm. whatever that is. If, that, if I see that there is a big room for business improvement supported by technology, I'm, I'm interested. I'm hmm. very interested. And yeah, regardless of what the context would be, I'm happy to jump in and help. Yeah, right, okay. I was actually surprised, completely different path, but the first engagement that I had with this account, it was more of data migration stream mm-hmm. that was struggling a little bit and needed help, so I I switched from management into going back to writing code, and mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I worked, <laughs> yeah, the first few weeks, working late, late nights, all weekends, mm. but I was enjoying so much, something that I haven't done for years. Mm bit rusty, but mm. got it there. Yeah. But, m- yeah, my, the thing that motivates me is there's a challenge. Mm. There's a business value at the end of, the, of that challenge. A challenge. I'm interested. If, if I have that situation, whatever the context is, I'm interested. Yeah. Do you think, um, I mean, when, when, when we met you, um, you, you weren't the brief. <laughs> You know, it's not what Simon asked for. Um, but I really like people who can play out position um, to make it a sporting analogy. Because I, I think I'm one of those people, I play out position. People are actually, you know, when we're hiring, I think people are very guilty of wanting, you know, uh, having a, a vacancy that they describe in normally boring, lengthy detail. But that stops them looking at the capability of people you know, the human and every, everything that they can do. And I think it's really, it's a really interesting case study in that <clears throat> and Pallion and Simon are brave enough to go, well, this is what we think we need, but we trust you to give us what you think is, is the skill set that can help us on this journey. And I think it's just such a wonderful case study. I, I really wish um, um, leaders and, and employers, but leaders would, 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 would breathe that brave more often. I think that, um, you know, I, I don't know quite what it is. I don't know whether it's biases or discrimination or, or, or fear or risk. Or I mean, you've hired people before. Like, well, why is it you think people try and hire within a specific domain as opposed to, you know, again, people that can play out of position, you know, they can, they can do almost anything. Well, what is that, you think? There are a few factors there. The one, there is the safety or the risk, not not taking risks. All right, I'm looking for someone who's been doing this specific thing. They've been doing it repeatedly, and mm-hmm. they can show results. Get the person to do this, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's one. The other thing is, and I saw it a lot when when you're hiring someone and you see that that person is has wider skill skill set, um, deeper mm-hmm. knowledge or career. Some people feel intimidated. And, uh, oh, sometimes intimidated and sometimes, okay, maybe this person is overqualified, they're going to get bored mm-hmm. with what you, they're doing. Mm-hmm. 
and they're going to be hard to manage, which is, it is the case sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I, I think the experience with, with you and, the, and with Simon is, is unique in a way that, as you said, the brief was someone, business analyst, data migration, and I didn't fit that brief. Mm-hmm. I did these things at different stages of my life, but it wasn't the brief. And I, yeah, I think so, you and Simon were open enough to to consider the possibility of other tools that I can support with. And it turned out, hopefully, to be true. And I covered the first bit, got it out of the line. And, true, yeah. And then I've been doing different things. I think that's such an important point. I, I hadn't really think it's like if you get hired to do the thing, the thing, just come and do that really well. And then the next thing can flow. I wonder if I, maybe I'm sometimes a victim of my own ego that, um, you know, I know what competency I've got. So if someone hires me to go and do a thing, I wonder if I, in my mind, um, I'm already trying to solve the next thing whilst working on this. And, I, you know, it's a really interesting revelation. I think, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to give false credit here. What I'm hearing from you is you were hired to do a job and then you focused on that job and did it really well which then enabled the business to see, you know, your potential for the next thing. I think in that, which, which I really acknowledge as a strength, I think in that, that what's interesting is if you go and do that thing well, my fear is then you get compartmentalised into that thing, you know, data, you know, um, in your case, starting in data migration and not all the good shit that you're doing now, right, which is this business management, coordination, vendor selection, you know, and I think it's... Uh, I love that. I really, uh, really think it's a really important lesson there. So if you're hired to do a thing, do that thing, and then trust the universe to recognise your capability. Um, I and, think. Uh, yeah, and also from 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 the beginning, Simon saw that, and I think you saw the same thing that 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 was the entry point, mm-hmm. but there might be other opportunities that I can help with, mm-hmm. and it also comes back to the competency of the, co- of the leadership. Mm-hmm. It takes a strong leader also to, to see the value in, in the people in their team and to promote and push up mm-hmm. people they think that they can deliver. It happens sometimes that people go with this or mm-hmm. see that it yeah, see that it's better for them to keep everybody in their box mm. and have the spotlight elsewhere. Yeah. While, and it's something that I said to Simon one-on-one is I was lucky with some of my early managers and I saw, saw someone doing the same thing is when, when these managers saw someone in their team doing a good job, whenever they had a chance to put them in the spotlight, they mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. Whenever they had a chance to promote them to senior management to executives, they did that. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the fear of, oh, if, if they get the credit, maybe they will have a bigger focus and maybe this will take away from me. Mm-hmm. On the other, on the opposite, completely, they, they believe that having a stronger team actually promotes them. Mm-hmm. They didn't see it as I'm being threatened mm-hmm. or now it's my ego. Which mm-hmm. is, I think, it's a it's a very important quality to have mm-hmm. in a leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You think as you hire teams that you you have that in your mind because of that early coaching or, or 
observation, you know, do you do you hire people at that position when you're hiring your team? Yes, yeah. Mm. It's something I, I definitely look for and I can yeah, I remember a few people that I hired that were had previous roles that were on the same level or higher than me and mm. it turned out to be a good thing, uh, luckily, because of their characters. They they also knew that at the end of the day their their space now is this mm -hmm. so they they work within that space they had a lot of value to add mm -hmm. but the lines were not blurred mm -hmm. they, they had the lines clear in their mind which is which mm -hmm. is important as well mm -hmm. so if you're hiring those people that uh, can play out a position you know it's important to be clear about what you expect from, from them and um and for them to have the mind it's, it is a mindset isn't it because i i've said this you know sometimes i um, I, I don't want a company uh, sometimes, and um, I think I would follow somebody else if I felt I could. Like I don't have. I, I'd follow Andrew Adam. I'd do exactly what they told me. It just happens to work out that you know they chose me, which is really wonderful. And, and I really feel that privilege. They chose me, but sometimes I wish I was just following somebody else. You know, um, and that's a, a bit of a you know boohoo. But 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 because my ego is like, you know, I see those, I see the benefit of being well led, like it's, it's a really fun thing to work for a good leader, whether I think I can lead as well, right? And it's a real, it's a real, um, uh, it's a conundrum that more people are going to be facing, I think, because with, you know, aging population and the dependency on immigration for, uh, to, to fulfill roles in this country, I mean, we've had it for a long time, right? but aging population is just accelerating. I think that, um, you know, Leaders are going to have to get more comfortable with hiring people that perhaps have got as much experience as them, or more, you know, from other places. I mean, personally, I think I revel in everybody in this company has got more experience than me in the domains that they're in. That's true, Which right? Great. Yeah. yeah, right. It's terrifying as well, but I, but I, I, I love it. Um, but it's also important for leading is is tough. It's not easy, and it takes a lot of experience and competence. Also, being led is is something that that is not as easy, especially mm. when when the competency levels are close. Mm. It's important still to, to understand, as someone who's being led or managed, mm. that your job is to make your your team succeed. Mm. At the end of the day, there is one person making the final decision. Your job is to make them to make their job easier. Mm -hmm. So. If you have a disagreement or have a different view, voice it out 100%. Mm -hmm. Be very clear about why you think things should go that way. But once a decision is made, you support it. Mm -hmm. As long as, of course, it's not like, contributing your, your values. And, mm -hmm. yeah. But it doesn't help if you go against. If we're now conflicting and if we're fighting, then I'm not helping. Mm -hmm. No matter what my value is, my competency is. Or if I'm not helping you do your job, we're, we're failing. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. It's important to have this balance as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like um, once a decision's been made to pursue a particular path, then you know, say your piece, but then do the thing that you've said you're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think if, um, if it's a challenge I've had over the years, you can think you've agreed something um, around the table like this, and then someone can leave the room and have a, a different view of that. And it's something I've had to 
really get to grips with it being about being really because I'm quite open to new experiences, which means you know I'm not heavy on detail. But you know, back to what we talked about saying on this podcast, right? Um, but I had to really learn to come to the middle of that and be really explicit with, with things because um, I find you know you 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 are quite unusual <laughs> in a good way with 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 our text. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a source of pride to do a good job. I mean, like almost you know um, you would be intrinsically motivated to do it. You don't need extrinsic governance to get you to do it. You're motivated to do that. Um, I find that quite a rare um, attribute, you know. And maybe it's the type of people that I'm drawn to. I, I feel like sometimes, you know, people that I've hired over the years, and I've been at this for 20 years now, it's amazing how quickly people can deviate from what, what, what's been agreed. Oh, and not only just the actions, but the spirit of the engagement, the spirit of how you got into something in the first place. It's a, it's a strength. I wonder if, um, you know, one of my biggest motivators is not to let people down. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to let people down. And um, I wonder if there's a bit of that in you as well. You seem very uh, motivated to, to do a good job and not let people down. It seems to be a thing. Yeah, um, especially if I'm, if, if there's a team or a stream dependent on what I'm doing, then mm. yeah, I, want, I don't mm. want to fake anyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Your job is to, to help the team deliver. And at the end of the day, we're all working delivering business values. Mm -hmm. So I already have that, that motivation for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, when it get, gets appreciating, I'm happier. Mm. Yeah, it's a thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's definitely something that is important as well. But luckily, again, in, in, in this case, this engagement, mm. it's been happening and it's happened quickly, so mm. all good. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's like it, to have a job well, to do a job well is good, but to have do a job well and have it recognised is even better. It's a real, um, um, it's a real thing that gets me. I, uh, I've had this advice to let it go in the past, but I, I struggle with it. When I'm doing a good job, um, when people don't recognise it, not that I need a pat on the back, or when things are going uh, challenging for me, when people forget the good job that you've done previously, my ego kicks up a little bit at that moment. I'm a bit, you know, I, I think it's probably just a human reaction. Um, but um, I actually posted a couple of things about this this morning. I, I can't remember, but it's like when, when, um, when someone's successful, their other leaders can attribute that to the environment. Obviously, because we create a good environment. But when the individual fails, it's about the individual, not the environment. It's their fault, not the environment's fault. And um, it's a, it's a thing I'm exploring a lot at the moment. Actually, it's about how you, um, you know, I, I want to lead well. So <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm these things right. I want to do a good job of. You know, deeply competent people and provide the best experience I can for them. Um, and I, so, sorry, yeah? No, sorry. I just think many technical people that we have, I'm not, I'm not speaking for all of them, but many of them haven't had that. Um, um, or they've been in an environment which is only about delivery competence, and maybe sometimes there's the, the you know, like it's about who's the best engineer. Um, and I'm not saying that's, that's, that's anyone specifically, or people come back and see that, that it's about, you know, who scores the most goals, they get lauded, or who does the best engineering, they get lauded. But there's something to an ecosystem of competence. And, and you know, variability in competence is important. And I, and I'm, you know, even in this moment, I'm struggling to articulate it because I don't know what it is, but I observe it. And I really mean this. There's a place for everybody, right? There's a, there's a role, a job for everybody. 
Um, and so, you know, it's more of a reflection of what I'm trying to work out, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's uh, when it comes to getting credit or getting uh, negative feedback when things are not going well, it's also a price, a byproduct of being a leader. It's hmm. when, when things are going well, it's good. Mm-hmm. When things are not going well, it's on you. It's uh, mm-hmm. you cannot attribute it to the environment because we're leading the environment, so it's mm-hmm. on you to get things to get things done properly. Mm-hmm. That's when when someone succeeds in the team, they should get the credit, mm-hmm. and they should be put in the spotlight to get that credit. Mm-hmm. But when things don't go well, it's as the leader you should mm-hmm. you should take this the spotlight and take mm. the... Mm. Uh, Even if it's their fault. Especially if it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I... Yeah, when someone in your team succeeds, it's their success, mm-hmm. they get promoted for it, they get the spotlight, if mm-hmm. they fail, as a, that's my opinion, as mm-hmm. a leader, you should own it. Mm-hmm. It's on you. Mm-hmm. In front of the world, in front of the management, it's on you. Mm-hmm. In the back, in the kitchen, you go and deal with it. <laughs> well, for public record, everything that goes wrong in this company is definitely my fault. Yeah, 100%, 100%. <laughs> I, no, I, I totally get it. I think sometimes people can think that as a false accountability because, you know, the words are different from the sentiment. People say, oh, it's my company, I'm responsible. But but, but really believing that is a, is a different thing. And I, and I do, I, I do take that on. So, um, you know, good, good counseling. All right. So, um, what, um, where do you think that you want to end up? Uh, I mean, because you're consulting through us at the moment, and so you're doing this problem solve. Uh, like I posted about the Swiss Army knives, and you're one of those. You know, there's like lots of lots of um, accessories to your capability. So, where where are you going after this? Do you think like what's the gig that you 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 want to move to? And what do you hope? At the moment, my focus is helping with the transformation of Pali. And there's a, there's a lot of potentials there, and I think that there are a couple of years worth of initiatives and projects that can be delivered there. Mm-hmm. The next move, I haven't really considered where the next move would be, which is I know it's. Uh, but it's so true to your character. Just do this job and do it well, man. It's really great. I, I mean, it's back to what we said at the beginning. You know, you're you're, you're focused. You're not trying to overcomplicate it. So, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but, yeah, I, no, but, but it just makes me smile thinking about your focus, that's all. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I see it. Today is, I think, exactly three months from the day I started, and we're just getting started. Hmm. So, we've, I think we've just now got a better relationship with, with the business team and both trust into technology. Hmm. So, it's just, we're just getting started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Um, if I was to ask for some advice on our company, you've seen it for three months, you know, um, we didn't even get to meet in person until, you know, not that long ago, um, because of just the volume of work that you've been doing, and, and us as well. So, uh, so I acknowledge there's some things that could be done better, but when you look at our company as an organisation, what do you think we should double down on, and what do you think we should ditch? If you have. I haven't seen so far anything that I would change, mm-hmm. which is, I have, you know, I don't know so far, but I haven't. And mm-hmm. from the first engagement with the team, if you remember, I had 
positive feedback and I mm. and I said at the time maybe it's too early to mm -hmm. be sending this but mm. we'll see and it turned out to be proven in my opinion. I think you have a, a winning formula of how you select people and the focus of helping the business in, in whichever engagement you're getting mm -hmm. without having the focus I'm sure you have the focus of that because it's part of the business, but part, your priority number one, as far as I've seen so far, is helping the business. And if by stepping back, you're providing more help or stepping out of the account or recommending someone else, mm. I think it's great and I think it's it's rare mm. to, to be doing this. So again, that's a positive thing that I don't think will change. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know how mm. the... Uh, the all the business partners, I'm sure you guys are aligned, otherwise you wouldn't be doing it the way you're doing it now. Mm. Mm. There, there is nothing that mm. that I can think of at this stage to say maybe you should change. Mm. I hope that can keep good case. I mean, it's like uh, like any relationship, you know, the longer you spend in a relationship, you, you know, you can see gaps and you either learn to love them for the nuances or learn to you know, resent them. Um, so hopefully we hold on to that. Yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a real sentiment, uh, you know, we are, we are a business and it's that fine line, again, um, I I do not believe that all business is good business, um, I do not believe that you should pursue everything, um, and I think that uh, I'm quite proud of the fact that we walk away from a few assignments, so if it's the wrong leader or right or, or whatnot, and that's not from an ego point of view, it's just like, it can be all about us, like we are not right for them, we're not the right choice. And I know you've heard me say this in the past few months where there's money to be had, and I'm like, it's just, they're better off choosing somebody else. Um, and, and I've seen it in, in one of the examples where we tried mm. someone to help with with a situation in, in this account, and it didn't, it didn't turn out to be the, the right fit, and you immediately your reaction was, yep, yeah, but it's not the right fit, it's not the right mm. fit. We didn't really stop on it or try to twist it in a way that would make it work. It was mm. very pragmatic, very straightforward. Mm. No, move on, that's it. Mm. Sometimes things have got, got rocks in my head, you know, because it's like, well, there's also, so the flip side of that pressure is to create a commercial entity that makes money that's, you know, with 30 people now, like that, that keeps these 30 very good engineers Engaged, engaged. And properly. Yeah, it's, that's it's, why I said the partners have to be aligned mm. on, on the approach because otherwise you wouldn't be able to do it that way and you would be pushing more for getting opportunities even if they're not the right fit or if the company is not the right fit to deliver to the customers. You do this, you might get a short-term win, mm. but if you cannot sustain this, then you come out of the engagement at the end of it with with a longer-lasting negative effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real, it's a real um, balance to strike. I mean, I've kind of always believed in it. Um, I think that uh, you know, it's tradition for me that I mention my age in every podcast. I'm forty-seven because it's my birthday on Monday. Ah, okay. I think, I think. Um, you know, I'm more determined than ever to do this this way, but feel more pressure than ever to. Um, you know, make it commercially viable, right? And, and that's just, you know, life stage and, and whatnot. So it's a real quandary, right? And also the market is 
is changing in lots of ways over the last few years, so I wouldn't blame them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, this, but I've been at, again, 20 years, there's always a headwind or a tailwind or, or something, as long as you can be uh, consistent and, you know, evolve enough. I think it's one of the reasons I love services, actually, and uh, I, I like hiring um, humans who can pay out of position, because, you know, services, if you... If the next big thing appears and you're smart enough, you can you can ride that wave. And I think if you hire um, and you can have this brand of hiring people who can pay out position, then whatever the next wave is, they can jump into it. You're not forced. Let's say you're, you know, um, um, I'm going to pick uh, a JD Edwards um, expert. You know, and your background is RPG and JD Edwards, and that's your one trick. You know, the moment that's acquired by PeopleSoft, which was what happened, and then you know. I mean, this is where I started my career, and then it's something else. It was Oracle, I think, acquired PeopleSoft. I think that was the order. And then all of a sudden, you haven't got JD Edwards and RPG, and then PeopleSoft. Like it's sort of evolved, and that's when you have, uh, you know, those are challenges when you have someone who can only do that thing. Um, so again, that's why I quite like services, and I like having this agile organization. I don't mean that we're, you know, sounding agile, but but you know, like the true meaning of the word. It's, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's a better word. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it really has me thinking about you know um, us and you and how we um, lock down this model so uh, so we can keep on growing this sort of uh, flexible, using your word, business. You know, so um, <clears throat> um, all right. So if people wanted to in our business to reach out to you and have a conversation, uh, I think I know you know like six or seven of the engineers already, the technical people. Like, what would people reach out to you for a conversation on? Like, what what um, are you interested in participating in community-wise or um, business-wise? What, what's on your mind? I'm very approachable. So what, whatever the topic that someone would be interested in, in discussing, whether it's program management, transformation, telecom, because I've worked for a long time in that area, hmm. I'm open to, to discussion. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, um, and I'm generous with, with my time yeah. when, when someone needs something. Yeah, lovely. Right. The, the other thing, of course, is they should talk to you about your health regime uh, and, and your you. brand ambassadorness <laughs> for um, my, my Muscle Chef. 15 kilos. Unbelievable. It's 15? Yeah. Dude, how do you feel? Feel good. 15 kilos in three months? or Four, yeah. Four, four months. Yeah, right. Wow. Yeah, I just have I I took a break in November, hmm. so I had a travel went to to Thailand. I, I used to do mixed martial arts, so I mm -hmm. went to Thailand for Muay Thai camp for a month. Mm -hmm. Everything is clean, eating clean, training hard, sleeping mm -hmm. well, everything is good. And then I went to New York to see mm -hmm. my daughter. Mm -hmm. That was a month of indulging in everything, <laughs> and it continued when I came back to Australia. So mm -hmm. I had to stop, 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 mm -hmm. stop, so mm -hmm. stop. Counting calories, going by the book. Hmm. Uh, yeah, managed to cut it very quickly. Yeah, nice. Did you, um, you know, um, so to complement the, 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 the diet around my muscle chef, um, you know, um, you're still in your Muay Thai, your mixed martial arts competing, so you're still training. Have you given up alcohol as well? Uh, what's, the, <laughs> what's, the, what's the whole ecosystem? I was never an alcoholist, so. <laughs> okay, so you never drink? Very likely, yeah. Yeah, very right. Likely. I think that's. Uh, I, I think I'm doing too much entertaining at the moment. Yeah. So over, over the years, I, I, I mean, I don't. 
do uh, Muay Thai, but I have done Jiu Jitsu, oh, um, um, Japanese Jiu Jitsu, a little bit of Brazilian, but nothing uh, too extensive. Jason upstairs, um, he's a he's, he was my Jiu Jitsu teacher actually, and now he works on us. He's a bit of a weapon. He's done everything. Um, he's tried um, from a martial arts perspective. I think he was just saying to me he's now going to go for his black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but he teaches um, Japanese Jiu Jitsu. He's a sensei in Japanese Jiu Jitsu. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's, that's a killer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He's also six foot four and 115 yeah. kilos, you know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to get into a close, no. not close range. No. You, want, you want to do a punch and run. No, no. <laughs> yeah, um, so I, we were just, it's another theme that um, he, um, he and I were grappling a few years back and I managed to break a rib um, in. Something. Your rib or his My rib, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was definitely winning the fight, and I probably strained myself. Yeah. Um, but but it's funny because now my kids are uh, ten and um, eight. Um, the daughter's the eldest, and the son's the youngest. I, I I have in mind that I want them to have that discipline, you know. <clears throat> and I think it's good for kids to to get into. So I just find it fascinating that you're in a you've been into mixed martial arts. So you do Muay Thai and. Other forms as well. I, I did lots of things. I started with Aikido. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Did this for a couple of years and did boxing for a few years, then kickboxing, then Muay Thai, then mixed martial arts, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Hmm. Did some Krav Maga. Did lots oh, of Krav Maga as well. Yeah. Again, generalist. Yeah, right. Did a few of them. But coming back to to the ego in general, martial arts in general. And I think Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specifically humbles you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you go in every day, you train, and you get strangled every day. <laughs> so someone is going to tap you out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it happens a lot. And you learn that someone is better than you. It's mm -hmm. just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And your focus gets turned into how can I be better? Not better than everyone, just mm. better. Mm -hmm. So it's, I think it's a very good discipline and a good start for, especially for kids, mm -hmm. to learn this and to have this sense also of community and being part of, mm -hmm. of something that develops them. Mm -hmm. Well, you can kick my ass both physically mm -hmm. uh, if we yeah. get on the mat, but, but, but also... You're um, a big guy. No, <laughs> but I have lack of skill. Uh, I, you can't depend on your weight uh, for these things. But and the... Um, the I was talking to my friend Frank Cooley, who sat opposite uh, me here, where you are, and um, he he was one of the guys that dragged me back into this world after my misadventures. And I was there for five years, and um, you know, there's a, there's a long story which I won't go into here. But but Frank was like, man, you got to get back, you know, which is how Thunderlabs was really born. It was the genesis of uh, a friend that I trust, and then um, when he sat here recently, so we're two or three years in now. To this and um, he's now gone back to his martial arts to find that because he has a similar journey to me but then the optimizing his own performance and how good he feels fighting again not because he's a fighter he's a good guy he's back on that I think he was like world champion taekwondo or something like that you know light lightweight he's not he's not very tall but muscular and now he's going crazy at BJJ but he's that it's just of that singular focus now the reason I say this about you kicking my ass is because I really need it. <clears throat> you know, I've competed in sport on and off all of my life at a reasonable level. I, I never got really good at jiu-jitsu, to be honest. I mean, typical of me, if I start doing something, I'm like, well, I'll go five times a week because then, you know, I'll, I'll know something. I also do research on YouTube and all this other stuff. But, um, but I've been in a bit of a lull uh, 
because my 100% attention has been on this and, and the kids and my partner, but 100%, which means that my uh, my attention on sport has waned a little bit. Uh, but I need to really bring it back because it's not like, I don't think it will take my time. I think it will optimize my performance. And uh, it's really, it's really, it's really a thing. So I didn't know that about you, about uh, martial arts. And you, you're, there's a few in our business that you, you know, now that'll be another mm-hmm. thing that you'll connect over. And we're going to leave here straight away and talk to Jason. Good to the mat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get one put in this room so we can, uh, you know, settle any disputes uh, that way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that you're a part of the family, Amir. It's really fun. And I think that Pallion and Beyond um, will be interesting for us. Um, so thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure so far. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. To it, see it. it only gets better. Yeah, it's like a pleasure. I'm sure. It's like a pleasure cruise and we're only here for the first port. <laughs> <laughs>